tired of offending people who don't believe in Jesus. Oh, what do I think? Who cares? Let's tell them the truth. Don't give me, they're just living their truth. Let God be true and every man a liar. In other words, if it doesn't come from the book, it's not true. It's the end of Pride Month, but is it the end of Pride? Lots of good news about the pushback on this cultural revolution that we are experiencing. Many people, including you and me, have had enough. And I wonder if Christians will realize that they do have a part to play because we do. This is your favorite night of the week. The Deep End is back on Tim Hatch Live. Yes, welcome in, everybody. I'm back from vacation, and I'm so glad to be here with you guys for the Deep End Season 6, Episode 36. My name is Tim, host of this program and the Deep Dive, which should be tomorrow night. But if you would, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell so that your smartphone can do something smart for you, which is let you know when we go live so that you're never guessing as to whether or not we're on the air. Um, Yeah, it is June what? 27th. And that means that we are only three days away from the end of this month. And that's the end of Pride, right? The end of Pride Month. Uh, But it's going to come back, of course. And it's not just Pride Month. There's also LGBT History Month in November and all kinds of other weeks and days of the year that um, need to be celebrated for the uh, culturally insane. Uh, We got to remember the perspective here. Remember, our military gets one day on Memorial Day to be remembered. But People like this on the right get a whole month to celebrate their craziness. And the government is in full force uh, enforcing this, holding us down, holding us captive to it. The media shoving it down our throats. That picture there on the screen pretty much sums up the month of June for me and I'm sure for many of you. But I have to help you guys understand there is a secret message in the Pride Month and somebody put this up on the internet and I wanted to share it with you. If you just do Pride Month as one word and then you just kind of think a little bit clearer. Can you see it? Can you come down the screen here and see? Uh, Yeah, demon. Demons are behind this. And the question that I have for all of you and for our culture before we get to the good news about Pride Month is how bad does it all have to get? Like how bad does pride have to be before there is an appropriate response in the opposite direction? We are overdue for this. It needs to happen. I have been challenging my church to do this. I wish to God and pray to God, not wish, I pray to God, that more and more preachers will step up and say something. We don't have to say hateful things. We just have to say truthful things so that God's people, uh, God's God's pastors lead God's people and strengthen God's people in the truth because the lies are abounding all around them. Now, I want to give you uh, some spiritual instruction here that underscores why it's gotten so bad. The reason why it's gotten so bad is because sin never stays um, stationary. It never does, does it? Sin always gets worse and worse over time. It's one of the great fallacies of those who would suggest that you can dabble in sin or flirt with it and not get hurt by it. You always get hurt by sin. It never stays stationary. Consider the case of Rose Montoya. Remember Rose Montoya? This is the guy with the fake breasts who paraded around the White House lawn with his his breast exposed. Then snapped a picture with our meat puppet-in-chief, President Biden, uh, talking about how trans rights are human rights. Well, he was once just a church-going kid. This is what he looked like. 
in 2014. Uh, he's also the son of a missionary, which is kind of interesting. And he's on this video talking about how to find in the Bible loopholes for why we can accept homosexuality, just homosexuality at this point, way before he went trans. Watch. According to the Bible, when Jesus came into earth in the New Testament, all the old laws, including most of those in Leviticus, were abolished. Romans 7, 6 says, But now by dying to what once bound us, we have been released from the law so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit and not in the old way of the written code. So why? Okay, let me just stop right there and talk about the fact that he says that the laws were abolished, most of them in Leviticus. We have a problem right at the bat. Number one, the chapter that deals with homosexuality in Leviticus is right before, or is it after? I think it's right before. The chapter in Leviticus where the law that Jesus says is the fulfillment of the law is love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. That's in Leviticus 19. Leviticus 18 deals with homosexual relations. So if we're going to abolish all the laws because of Jesus in Leviticus, then we have to abolish the love your neighbor as you love yourself. But I guarantee you that Rose Montoya would never abolish that law in his uh, biblical exposition here. But what we're talking about is classic eisegesis. Eisegesis is when you read into the Bible what you want the Bible to say. You don't come to the Bible and say, what is the scripture teaching me to believe, to do, to think? No, you say, this is what I believe, this is what I want to do, and this is what I think, and I'm going to find a biblical way of manipulating scripture so that I can justify my doing it. It's called eisegesis. And this is not just a Rose Montoya problem. This is a pastoral problem across the country right now. Pastors love to go and pick and choose verses that make people feel happy and good and then present it to them as a sermon, never challenging the heart, never speaking on sin, never dealing with the reality of the human nature or hell or the fact of judgment and things that are going to come upon those who disobey God. Uh, we only want to hear the good stuff because we want to feel good about ourselves. And so pastors and Christians love to gather around and hear things things that their itching ears, as Paul talks about, want to hear. So going on, let's listen to him, Rose Montoya here, further eisegete, not exegete, eisegete scripture. So why are we still talking about homosexuality? Let's look at the New Testament. Remember, translating a book throughout 3,500 years can be very difficult, especially when it comes to choosing the precise word to use. 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and 10 from the NIV state, Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God or heaven? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, those who worship other things besides God, nor, men who, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men. However, the King James Version states, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, which I don't even know what that means. Okay, effeminate. Effeminate is what you are. I hate to say it. <laughs> and idolaters, I don't know what he's talking about there. But anyway, he is doing the classic, let me find a Bible translation that, e that eventually eliminates my conviction on this issue because I can find one that will eliminate the word that I don't like. Now, let's just continue for a second because there's a point to be had here nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor rivalers, nor extortioners will, shall inherit the kingdom of God. Furthermore, the message version used by the Presbyterian church. Here we go. And by the way, the message is not used by the Presbyterian church. It was written 
it was written, the message translation, some of you need to know this, is a paraphrase. It is not a translation. A translation is a word-for-word or thought-for-thought translation from the original Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic into the modern language. A paraphrase is when somebody goes beyond the translation and they say, well, this is what I'm going to assume we can say the text is saying. Now, Eugene Peterson wrote the message, and I value the message for some of his contributions to helping us understand Scripture, but it is in no way the standard bearer for how we should interpret Scripture. It is in no way healthy for any pastor to ever start reading Scripture or coming to a conclusion of Scripture and what it means based on the message paraphrase, okay? And by the way, there's a whole controversy about Eugene Peterson. At the end of his life, he was interviewed by uh, a religious news service uh, uh, journalist who questioned him on gay marriage. And right before he died, he said, yeah, I think the, the, the argument is settled. We can embrace gay marriage. That was Eugene Peterson. Then when his book sales plummeted for three days, he came back and said, no, actually, I take it back. Gay marriage is sinful. So what can we really draw from Eugene Peterson on that front? Definitely do not go to the message version, if if that's you, for what the Bible is saying. You could read it for helpful insight into some parts of the Bible, but it is not how you are supposed to read Scripture. But he goes right to it here in his practice of eisegesis. But my point here is that this is a pretty average-looking kid. Uh, A couple years later, here he is talking about verses taken out of context that could um, be used to stifle transgenderism. I mean, this is what, what I'm talking about. St- sin never goes, sin never stays stationary. It moves, it morphs us into different people. Case in point, here he is. So just in case you missed it, there he was, here he is, 2014, I think this is 2016, and more eisegesis in the works here. Watch. There are a few verses in the Bible that may point to affirming gender transitions. Galatians 3, 26 through 28 states that in Christ, we are all one. We are all children of God. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free. There is neither male nor female, for we are all alone in Jesus Christ. Okay, so he butchers the text, first of all, because it doesn't say we are all alone in Christ. It says we are all one in Christ. And... He also takes the verse out of scripture. Okay. Um, wait, wait, let me, let me play a little bit more of the video first. Cause I think the next line that he says is amazingly funny. Watch. Now I know verses can be taken out of context, but when people are trying to argue against queer identities, they have to take the Bible very, very seriously. <laughs> okay. So I'm, never begin your biblical argument with the words, There are a few verses that may point to whatever ideology I want to see affirming in the Bible. And the words, now I know that verses can be taken out of context, but. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Verses taken out of context, like you have just done, is the exact reason why we have so many weak-willed and weak-limbed Christians in the world today. But this is just classic reading into the text what you want it to say. Eisegesis, not exegesis. Isa putting into, exa taking out of, okay? Just quick lesson. You go to the Bible to hear what God has to say to you, regardless of how you like it. You go to the Bible to hear God speak to you in a way that you may not want to be spoken to. But that's what leads to change, transformation, inspiration. Uh, That's what leads to your heart being rendered in its affections to the things of this world and, and, and brought closer to Christ. 
We have to be challenged, convicted, transformed through the renewing of our mind because our mind is tied to the old ways of sin. And the Galatians passage, Galatians 3.27, that Rose here quotes to affirm transgenderism. There's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male or female. Paul's not making a case for Jews becoming Greeks and Greeks becoming Jews or slaves becoming free and free becoming slaves. He's not making that case. He's making the case that... that at the foot of the cross, we're all, we're all the same. That, that because of Jesus, okay, the distinctions that we make about our religious upbringing, whether it be Jewish or Greek, or our social uh, standing, slave or free, or even our biological distinctions, male or female, those things that we have used to trounce upon others with are no longer uh, the things that divide us because Christ saves Jews and Greeks, males and females, slaves and free. The, the, the gospel is not just for the rich. It's not just for the Jews. It's not just for the males. It's for all people. That's the point that Galatians 3 is trying to make. Because in the larger context of Galatians, Paul is challenging a church filled with Judaizers. These are people who want to bring new Christians back to the old ways of Judaism and have them fulfill all the laws of Moses to become Christians. Uh, and then they were looking down on those who wouldn't do it. They were becoming legalists. You have to obey Moses and believe in Christ to be saved. And Paul says, no, Christ has fulfilled the law so that you are now made right with God through faith in him. Therefore, your Jewishness does not make you any more important than a Greek. In no way is Paul trying to say, hey, because of Jesus, men can now become women <laughs> in his classic reading into the text. And it's just sad, but it's just a cautionary tale that sin never stays stationary. It always morph metamorphosizes you. And, and, that, and that's the big point here. You are the victim when it comes to sin. Oh, people say, pastors talk about sin. I don't like that. I don't like to be told that sin's wrong. And I don't want to be told the things that I do are evil. But, but what, this is for your protection. It's for your good. It's for your health. It's for your well-being. Because our culture right now is giving us a daily presentation on cultural deterioration because we think we can play with God's words and stay the same. It, it doesn't work that way. Uh, culture is showing us more and more every day that we... Oh, disobey God, walk away from scripture and lean on our own understanding to our own demise. Uh, for instance, it happens so quickly. And, and I ran across this online this week because it was making the rounds. Uh, Riley Gaines, the swimmer who was going around the country fighting for women's sports, uh, was uh, questioned in front of Congress last week and made an exceptional argument with the head of the human rights campaign uh, person next to her who couldn't even decide if there were two genders or 50 genders or a billion genders. And Riley Gaines stood her ground and did a fantastic job. Um, but she reminds me of how quickly we have changed as a culture. A September 17th, 2022 Atlantic article said this, separating sports by sex doesn't make sense. <laughs> you have to be so open-minded your brains fall out to write an article like this. This is written by Maggie Mertens of The Atlantic in 2022. And this is the madness of our culture. Men and women are the same. Uh, the devil wants to eliminate all distinctions between men and women because he wants to create or wants to metamorphosize this new society that is without distinctions as God has created them because the distinctions help us reflect the image of God in our partnership, not in our, uh, not in our becoming each other. Okay. But you, you, you have this in 2022. It was just 10 years ago, friends, when Serena Williams was on the David Letterman show 
And she said the following very, very transphobic things. This is just 10 years ago. Listen. Very, he, oh, he was been joking about um, myself and him playing a match. And I'm like, Andy, seriously, like, are you kidding me? Because for me, tennis and men's tennis and women's tennis are completely almost two separate sports. So I'm like, if I were to play Andy Murray, I would lose 6-0, 6-0 and five to six minutes, maybe 10 minutes, because, it's, no, no, it's are, true, it's honestly, true, it's a completely, really? it's a completely different sport. The men are a lot faster, and me, and um, they, they get, they serve harder, they hit hard, it's just a different game, mm -hmm. and I love to play women's tennis, and I, I only want to play girls, because I don't want to be embarrassed, I would not do the tour, I wouldn't do Billie Jean any justice, so Andy, stop it, yeah. we're not gonna, I'm not gonna let you kill me. Oh, so, so transphobic, Serena. Oh, utterly, utterly hateful and bigoted. <laughs> that was 10 years ago. That was 2013. And, and see how quickly our culture has abdicated so many norms, so many just factual statements in the name of progress, which I actually say on a regular basis is actually regress. But my question again, which I started off the show with is how bad does it have to get? And we're going to tell you how bad it's getting in 2023 pride marches before we tell you the good news about the pushback that's happening. But we've got to show you the bad before we show you the good, because the bad is actually good for the good. And I'll explain that in a moment. Deep end news. Deep, deep, deep end news. And the news you choose if you could choose news. Yeah, it's getting worse and worse every year with pride parades. They have abolished any sense of shame from these pride parade uh, moments. They have abolished any sense of decency. Not that there was much decency before, but it's getting worse and worse. And the real problem here is that they keep bringing children into the mix. Now, this uh, video that I'm going to show you is from a pride parade in a city I will not mention. But we're, what they are chanting here in this video is pretty clear. They're coming for the kids. Listen. So some of them are saying we're not going shopping and some of them are saying we're here, we're, we're, we're coming for your children. Remember a couple of years ago, I think it was three years ago, when the gay San Francisco men's choir sang it out and I'm so shocked about this video. I can't believe this video was made and basically the news media ignored it, but here they are saying this as much. Yikes. The question again is how bad does it have to get? A pride parade marcher wore a shirt this week saying, not today, Jesus, spoofing on the not today Satan shirts that go around amongst many Christians. And consider the target designing, the designer that designed those uh, tuck-friendly <laughs> bathing suits for men with a penis who want to pretend they were women on the beach. Uh, he was an avowed Satanist, and here he is pimping out his Satan fangs and black nail polish. But it gets worse, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the United States of Sodom and Gomorrah. The New York, the, the city of New York, I kid you not, had a clothing optional party at Washington Square this weekend, where kids were present 
as grown adults stripped down naked and indulged in pagan revelry that make the ancient Israelites jealous. I kid you not. The United States of Sodom and Gomorrah. And of course, this was all ignored by the news media. Watch the video. I had to, so you have to as well. This is unbelievable. These are children. And if you bring your child to these places, you should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Unbelievable. And we're blurring out the stuff so that you don't see it. This is a uh, the city of Seattle pride parade, not to be outdone by New York. Had grown men naked on bikes riding around with their genitals hanging out in front of children. So there's the kids. People cheering madly. Ah. You know, I remember watching parades when I was a kid. It seemed to me that there was a requirement uh, for the, on the people who were in the parade, not watching, but in. And the one requirement was bring something of talent to the table. Play a musical uh, instrument. Play a song with a band. March in step in unison. Dance in unison. Do something that shows us the beautiful expression of the human you know, being in talented ways that, that show us what humans have the potential to become. That was the requirement for parades when I was growing up. No more. Now you have to just get naked and on a bike and put paint on yourself. And the paint, let's put it back up here. The paint on this man, it doesn't even look good. It's not even painted on well. It's, it's like a three-year-old came around, and I wonder if it was the case, and just scribbled on his chest while he got undressed for the pride parade. But this is this is the indoctrination of our nation. This is the insanity of the United States of Sodom and Gomorrah. The last video I'm going to show you is from a pride parade in Minnesota, which featured for the second year in a row, the fat plumber who messed up your sink. And here he is twerking in front of kids in tidy whities Yes, in front of kids. The kids look genuinely confused. What is this? This is America, 2023. The United States of Sodom and Gomorrah. And preachers think that they can be silent about this. If you're silent about this, you're doing exactly what the news media wants you to do. You're doing exactly what Satan wants you to do. Don't talk about these things. Oh, you might offend someone. Really? Who cares? People need to be offended sometimes. The Turtle Boy Daily News, I, a website that I frequent on a regular basis because I'm from Massachusetts and is out of Boston, reported on this disgusting situation of South Boston, which was also totally ignored by the mainstream media. Uh, city leaders quiet about four kids found at South Boston transgender party filled with dead bodies, sex toys, and drugs. The article states the most underreported story in Boston right now is the fact that over the weekend, 
First responders were called to a public housing complex in South Boston for a man in cardiac arrest and found a horrifying scene filled with men in drag and at least five children between the ages of five to ten. From the Boston Herald, four children living in squalid conditions while being hidden from first responders were found in an apartment filled with alcohol, drugs, and sex toys and a dead man, according to an incident report out and outraged officials. This is sickening, said at-large city councilor Michael Flaherty. I was informed by people at the scene that there were drugs, alcohol, sex toys all around the apartment, as well as a dead body on the floor. The fire department report obtained by the Herald and confirmed by police response states that the BFD, Bias Boston Fire Department, crew was sent to Old Colony Avenue Saturday morning for a call that a man had gone into cardiac arrest and required medical attention. That address is the Mary Ellen McCormick housing complex run by the city. However, according to the incident report, firefighters found more than just a routine medical emergency. The apartment was in extremely unsanitary conditions. Approximately six adults who appeared to be males were seen in the apartment. They wrote uh, saying they subsequently found four children in the back bedroom being hidden by an adult male from first responders, and they were five to ten years old. Did you hear about this in the news? Did you hear about this on MSNBC, CNN, Fox, even Fox News? Did they talk about these things? No. No, they don't, because this is covered for on a regular basis. If a transgender, if a pride, or progress, I guess called, pride, if a progress flag is stepped on wrongly, um, the White House has to make a statement. But four kids ages 5 to 10 being hidden in an apartment filled with drugs, alcohol, drag queens, and dead bodies is eh, no big deal. This is what Paul talked about in Romans chapter 1. When God hands a culture over to the lust of its flesh, they become... Verse 29, filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossip, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey parents. They are senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. This is America 2023. Say anything that is out of bounds according to the new cultural revolution and you are fired. This is what happened to a college professor at a historical, historically black community college in San Antonio. Fox News reporting a college allegedly fired biology professor for teaching sex was determined by chromosomes X and Y. Texas Community College fired one of his biology professors for teaching his students that sex was determined by XY chromosomes, according to a new report. First Liberty Institute, a law firm that defends religious liberty for Americans, sent a letter to St. Phillips College in San Antonio on behalf of the professor, Dr. Johnson Varkey, demanding the institution, institution reinstate him after he was fired in January 2023. Quote, when teaching the human reproductive system, Dr. Dr. Varkey also stated that human sex is determined by chromosomes X and Y and that reproduction must occur between a male and female to continue the human species. First Liberty states in this letter, in, in the course of teaching human anatomy and anatomy and physiology, he made these statements in every class for 20 years without incident or complaint. On November 28, 2022, four of Varkey's students walked out of his class when he stated that sex was determined by X and Y chromosomes, just as he had done a dozen times before. Complaints against Varkey, Varkey said he has engaged in, look at this, religious preaching. Discriminatory, discriminatory comments about homosexuals and transgender individuals, anti-abortion rhetoric, and misogynistic banter, and that his teaching, quote, pushed beyond the bounds of academic freedom with his personal opinions that were offensive to many individuals in the classroom, end quote, according to the letter. Despite the fact that Varkey taught from a school approved and from school approved and science-based curriculum, St. Phyllis College claims his teaching was religious. 
Do you see how they have framed it so that if you say anything against the cultural revolutionaries that you are a religious bigot? That if you are a Christian now, this is what is happening. If you're a Christian now, uh, you are a religious big bigot for teaching biology. Not, not, not John 3. No, no. Biology. Go to a public university, teach about X and Y chromosomes, get fired. Because four kids get offended. And by the way, again, it's a historically black community college. St. Philip's College is. And it's just kind of interesting that they fired the black teacher from his job for teaching biology. I guess that black lives don't matter when pride is involved. This is the senselessness and heartlessness that Paul said would come upon the world as God hands us over to the abominations of our flesh. It's always the young people that they're going after too. They're coming for your children. They're coming for your children and they're putting the kids in front of the parades with the twerking fat plumber in whitey tighties. And they are firing the professor that offends children with factual science. This is nothing new. We saw the young co-opted by Hitler in, the, in Germany in the 1930s, and we saw the young co-opted by Chairman Mao in the 1950s in China. It was Hitler's youth that took over that country with the hateful ideology. It was Mao's Red Guard children who publicly shamed their adult uh, fellow citizens in public, put dunce caps on them for holding to the four olds, the old traditions, the old ways, the thinking, the old kinds of lives, and they shamed them. This is what happens in every cultural revolution. Ecclesiastes said, what has been will be, and what has been done will be done again. There's nothing new under the sun. As Captain Barbosa would say, ye best be believing in cultural revolutions. You're in one. And that's where we are. It's a cultural revolution. It's coming for the young, and Satan is thrilled. <laughs> Now, I thought this was interesting. One of our teammates here at Tim Hatch Live showed me a video from a church in 2017, a 2017 video of Satan being interviewed. Now, again, context. A church put this together to kind of illustrate truth. So if you interview Satan and find out what are you up to these days, here's what this church put together. And I thought, well done. But remember the year 2017 and listen close. I've convinced half of the world to not only accept sin, but to celebrate it. Do you know what has been my most enjoyable pride campaign to date? No, what? Well, my gay pride campaign, of course. Not only do I get the chance to promote your own self-destruction, I get to use God's logo, the rainbow, to do it. Love is love, right? <laughs> My plan not only prevents you worthless humans from reproducing, it distorts the gender roles and allow me to bring all types of chaos and confusion upon your pathetic societies. This has been so successful, I've got men convinced they're women, and women convinced they're men, and some convinced they're no gender at all. And I've got two more Pride Initiative campaigns I'd like to introduce in the near future. Here we go. Mm, really? I'm guessing you probably want me to ask you what they are, right? Well, first, it's abortion pride. Now, I think we can pull this off. Society is definitely ready for it. I've enlisted to help a Planned Parenthood to work with marketing and promotions. And all we'll have to do is silence the so-called abolitionists and pro-lifers, because the rest of the church doesn't seem to care. And second, it's pedophilia pride. 
Now, society might not be ready for this one just yet, so we'll hold off. I need to desensitize them a little more before we introduce it. Yes, you do. And that's exactly what he's up to. Movies will be coming out. Shows will be being released on streaming services across this nation to push the envelope further and further down the minor attracted persons ideology. No longer are they pedophiles, child abusers. No, no, no. Those are archaic, bigoted words. We have to remove those from the dictionary. Now they are just minor attracted persons. Isn't it amazing? 2017. And, and here we are, 2023. It's coming true. How bad does it have to get before we realize that there needs to be a pushback? Well, the good news, and this brings me to really good news today, that there is a pushback. And I want to end Pride Month talking about the end of Pride because it will end. It's just a matter of when. Either at the return of Jesus, which could be around the corner based on all that we see in our culture right now, or it could end when culture largely wakes up to the reality that this is nonsense. And that brings me to really good news. Really, really, really good. That's really good news. It's good. So I mentioned that all the bad that I've been talking about today is actually good for this reason. At some point, the tide might be turning and it might be right now because the more people see this, the more they're starting to wake up to the reality that this is not right. Even non-Christians, I think even non-Christians are waking up to it. Case in point, remember when the Dodgers caved to the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgences, this drag queen cult that makes fun of the Catholic religion that has pole dances around a crucifix on, in public pride parades, and the Dodgers, the L.A. Dodgers baseball team, invited them out for Pride Night to honor them, literally honor them, and thank them for their contributions to the community? Remember that? There's a big to-do about it. First, they disinvited them. Then there was pushback about them disinviting them. And so they reinvited them. And then they did. They reinvited them. And before the baseball game, they had them out on the field to celebrate them. And this is what it looked like. Not exactly a sold-out event. Yeah, um, L.A. is not known as being a uh, Christian bastion, if you will. <laughs> and even the non-Christians didn't decide, decided not to show up for the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgences honoring ceremony at the L.A. Dodgers Pride event. Who did show up? Thousands of Christians stood outside the stadium, mostly Catholics, of course, and protested the event. This was outside the stadium. Uh, at least the Catholics are doing something. You might not be Catholic. You might disagree with Catholicism. At least they're doing something, pushing back. But there is a pushback happening. Consider the financial pushback on these uh, companies, corporations that are embracing pride and ramming it down everyone's throats. Disney, for instance, has seen its stock plummet. The subscriber levels plummet from Disney+. Plus. Uh, the box office estimates that Disney has lost almost $900 million on its last eight studio releases, including the Boke movies Little Mermaid and Elemental. Its stock has fallen 44% in 2022. 
and it's had the worst year for its stock since 1974. This is what I call really, really, really good. That's really good news. It's good. Target, the same deal. Target that hired the Satanists to design tuck swimsuits also has seen a pushback from the culture. Its market cap has lost $15 billion as shares drop amid the woke backlash. This is good. Bud Light continues to suffer embarrassing losses since the boycott started, down 30% since they amazingly hired Dylan Mulvaney to promote its product. The New York Post highlights that Bud Light has lost $27 billion since the commercial. Uh, This is great news. However, do you think Bud Light would learn its lesson? No. This past week, it was caught endorsing this pride celebration. Again, parades used to require talent for you to be in the parade. And I guess the same is true now with stages. It no longer requires talent. We have guys who have pantyhose on their heads with makeup on, not even well done. And they're just, what, strutting their ugly, gross, fat, cellulite infested legs in front of everybody. This is beauty in 2023. Yeah, I like the side I'm on. If that's your version of beauty, I'm staying with my camp. I'm staying with my tribe, and I'm not going to be embarrassed about it. On the flip side, those who don't cave to the pride nonsense have actually seen good things happen to them. Two years ago, Dave Chappelle produced a special where he made fun of the trans cult. Dave makes fun of everybody. Dave makes fun of Christians. He made fun of... uh, born-again Christian Vice President Mike Mike Pence in the same special that he made fun of the LGBT alphabet people. And the alphabet people reacted very aggressively. And employees at Netflix, where the special was found, threatened to quit if they continued to host Dave's content on the service. Well, the CEO had the guts, ladies and gentlemen, the, the guts to tell those woke scolds, there's the door. And if you don't like it, if you don't like our content, it's time to move on. Well, guess what happened to Netflix since the CEO took a stand against the woke scolds? The stock did the exact opposite. The anti-Disney stock. It has literally doubled from the moon. Notice the date. May 13th, 2022 is when the, when the CEO stood up for, I'm going to put content on that you might not like woke scolds. And from that moment, literally from that moment, because if you go back to stock two years, it was actually on the downward trend. And Right after May 13th, 2022, the stock surged. I'm not saying it's all about the stock price, but I am saying that good things happen to companies that take a stand. The NHL, another good news article here, says no more pride jerseys or sticks wrapped in the pride colors as it has proved to be a distraction. Now, I want to remind you that there were four players, and I'm putting them up on the screen here, who stood against the pride jerseys. Ivan Provorov, 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 sorry. <laughs> NHL players' names are so hard to say, except the, last, the, the next three here. James Reiner, Eric Stahl, and Mark Stahl, those are brothers, by the way, 
Just four players, just four, four players said, we will not bow to your image, O Nebuchadnezzar. Do you know what four players represent out of the entire NHL? There's 903 players in the National Hockey League. 903. And only four. Only four. Every team had Pride Nights. Every team put out Pride jerseys. And only four players out of 903 said no. Do you know what that is? That's a 0.44%. They weren't even at 1%. They don't even represent 1%. But they stopped it. They stopped it because they stood up and said, no, Christians, can I remind you that we do not have to be the majority to make a difference? In fact, most of the time when Christians and God's people in history have made the biggest difference, they were a severe minority. Moses was just one person. And not only the Egyptians, but even his own people hated what he was doing. One, David, was one person who took down Goliath when all other Israelites were hiding in the caves. The, the disciples of Jesus were 120. They literally turned the world upside down. In 300 years, Constantine, the Roman emperor, decided to make Christianity the official religion of the Roman Empire because he saw, he put his finger in the wind and saw the tide was turning against him, and so he embraced what he could not defeat. You can make a difference. And expect to be in the minority when you do make a difference. Four guys stopped the pride jerseys in the NHL. That's what we call really, really, really good. That's really good news. It's good. How about other sports leagues like the Major League Baseball League? There is one team. Now, remember this about Major League Baseball. It's regular season happens right in the heart of the pride month, June, right? It's the spring sport. It's the summer sport. So. They had to play their whole uh, right through the whole month of Pride. And every team does a Pride night, except one. One team doesn't do a Pride night. Which one? The Texas Rangers. And they said they are committed to making everyone feel welcome at all games, but they will not host a Pride night. Now, this article from KTSM.com in Texas, a local news site, says that Texas it makes the argument, Texas became the most popular state of 19 to ban gender-affirming care for minors. Uh, let me just stop there for a second. Gender-affirming care means castrating kids. This is, again, I go to this regularly, the battle for words, the battle for phrases. It's not abortion, it's health care. Health care, abortion is health care. No, it's murdering an unborn child. That's what it is. Get the words right. And gender-affirming care is uh, putting kids on castration medicine, cutting off their breasts, healthy breasts, or cutting off their penises, healthy penises, uh, because of their feelings but they repackage it with the phrase gender-affirming care. Understand that? Anyway, this article argues that the reason why the Texas Rangers don't have a pride night is because Texas became the most populous of the 19th states to ban gender-affirming care for minors, and Texas public universities must dismantle university uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion offices and training starting in 2024. Go Texas! <laughs> uh, Governor Abbott signed into law the Save Women's Sports Act that bars transgender college athletes, athletes from competing on teams that match their gender identity. Texas already had a similar law for high school athletes. So the argument from this article is... That because of the governor's laws and the legislature's laws and the dominant Republican influence in their uh, con Congress, um, the Texas Rangers have decided that they're not going to have a tri uh, pride night. No, that's not why the Texas Rangers decided not to have a pride night. Do you know why? This is the best. Because one player that signed with the team in the offseason said, I will not participate in the pride night. And I will not be part of your team if you have a Pride Night. One player, Jacob deGrom, 
This is from Mark Gooden. Now, Mark Gooden is the New York Mets senior beat writer, and he reports on his Twitter feed that he read the player's contract and found the clause that said his contract with the Texas Rangers, Jacob DeGrom's contract with the Texas Rangers stipulates that they cannot have a pride night as long as he is a member of the club. That is one person. Forget four in the NHL. That's one person taking a stand, being willing to risk losing money, being willing to risk not being favored by the team diversity, equity, and inclusion officer. <laughs> See, this is what Jesus met, meant when he said, we cannot serve God and money. God bless Jacob deGrom. He could have lost millions of dollars by taking the stand, but he did. And you know what that is? That's really, really, really good. That's really good news. It's good. All over in America, too, uh, in America, something has happened in a year, in one year. And again, this is good news. Pushback is happening. In one year, homosexual relations, or at least our view of it, has taken a serious hit. This is from Gallup reporting. Fewer in U.S. say same-sex relations morally acceptable from 2022 to 2023. Now, there's going to be a qualifier here, so don't get too excited. Let me just explain a couple things. Um, birth control is down four points. Divorce is down three points. Sex between unmarried men and women down 4%. Uh, having a baby outside of marriage is the same. Gambling down 2%. But look at this one. Gay or lesbian relations are down 7%. That's the highest on the list. That means a, a 7% shift in the not acceptable group has happened in one year, according to Gallup polling. That is actually the highest on the list. It's even higher than medical testing on animals, which only lost 4% favorability. This next graph shows that it is indeed on the decline since its height in 2022. Now, the question is why? Are Americans getting so sick of it? Are Christians pushing back like Jacob deGrom and Ivan Porovov and others? Yeah, that's happening, but I would suggest something else is happening, and it has been for a long time a postulation of this channel, and I have to bring this up because, once again, and I don't like to toot my own, my ho my own horn, but once again, I was right. You, you see, progressive secularism has fought tooth and nail to embrace Islam and Hinduism and other religions into this country as equally valid and worthy of respect as all other religions. And you know, it was just really them just kind of sticking it to the Christians. They just wanted to stick it to the Christians. You Christians aren't the only ones who know everything. Muslims are good and wonderful, kind people too. And we're going to welcome them with open heart. And I said to you, I said to you on this channel, I said, there is coming a clash of clans, if you will, a clash of uh, cultures. Islam and the LGBT squads are eventually going to hit heads. And that's exactly what's happening in Michigan. This article from Forbes.com, a Michigan city just banned pride flags. Here are the other communities that have done the same. And there's a list of them, including Huntington Beach, California, which was shocking. But uh, this article states that Hamtramck, Michigan, a two square mile city outside of Detroit, voted unanimously Wednesday to ban LGBT flags from city properties, adding to more than two dozen municipalities and school districts across the country that have passed similar restrictions. Now, the the the, the thing here is, yeah, 
Great news, right? No more pride flags. Now, this Hamtrack, Michigan, is a very rare growing community in Michigan. Its population jumped 27% in the last 10 years. That is, a, uh, that is a, a unicorn in terms of Michigan population growth. A lot of people moving south, fleeing the state for warmer climates and probably more conservative politics. But here is a pic, and I'm going to show you this. This is a picture of the town council that was fighting for this law to be passed. No more pride flags on public properties. Check out the pic. It's Muslims. <laughs> Hamtrak has the highest percentage of Muslim immigrants in Michigan. And it's the only U.S. city with an all-Muslim city council and mayor. In fact, the bill to restrict the pride flag was introduced by Mayor Muhammad Hassan, a Muslim, and the resolution also prohibited the display and flying of flags with racist and political views. So the Muslims, once again, I report to you, are pushing back. And I'd say that's actually a good thing. But this was the clash that I was talking about. Uh, a lot of the progressive secularists are saying it's a betrayal of their sensibilities that the Muslims don't accept the homosexual movement. But I asked them, what did you expect? Obviously, you skipped religious comparison class in college for your gender identity class in college and didn't realize that Islam historically has been shoving gays off of buildings to kill them in Muslim-dominated societies. But it's not just the Muslims that are pushing back. Even kids are pushing back. And even in Massachusetts, my home state, kids at Marshall Simmons Middle School in Burlington, Massachusetts, protested their school's Pride Day by wearing red, white, and blue and chanting the name, My Pronouns Are USA, during Pride Month. Their actions prompted a letter to parents from the superintendent that such behavior will not be tolerated because evidently they also destroyed some Pride paraphernalia on the school grounds, which may or may not be the right way to protest. You can decide for yourselves. But isn't it good to see the kids are actually getting sick and tired of the nonsense? And that's the good news that I have to share with you. Now for some pastoral insight into all of this. Why do transgender people so badly want acceptance? Do you know why? Because they want what Christians have. What, I mean, what do I mean by that? Christians have acceptance. Christians have a family, a community. Christians have, and this is important, a true metamorphosis in the spiritual realm, right? That's what we believe. When you become a Christian, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, you become a new creation. All the old is gone. Behold, everything becomes new. Everyone's looking to be new. That's why we make New Year's resolutions every year that end in February 23rd. Everyone wants to be a different person because deep inside, we know that something's not right. And Christians know this. There's only one true change agent. I would submit to you that all of this LGBT pride nonsense is really an attempt at personal atonement. If I transition, if I'm gay and not straight, if I'm a woman and not a man, then I'm a better person. Look at how Hollywood celebrates me. Look at how the White House celebrates me. Now I'm a victim who deserves respect and dignity and opportunity. What is it? It's a twisted search for what we all really want and desperately need. Acceptance, holiness, and a sense of belonging. The things that Christ offers us freely through his blood. I want to give you one more news article, or well, two more news articles, that exemplify what I'm talking about. Uh, this was just released. The first elected transgender state rep was arrested in New Hampshire for distributing child exploitation images. Now, the person on the screen there is Representative 
new name Stacy Lawton. This is a man pretending to be a woman, a Democrat out of New Hampshire, and he's been arrested on charges of with four felony charges of distributing child pornography. The 39-year-old from Derry, New Hampshire, was arrested by the National Police Department on June 22nd. Now, it may surprise you to know that this was not Mr. Lawton's first run-in with the law. You see, before he was a she, in 2008, he was arrested for credit card fraud. He was also arrested for making several fake 911 calls, faking a bomb threat at a hospital, on a hospital, in 2015, and stalking a woman. He was elected in 2022 and was celebrated, celebrated as a groundbreaking transgender female who has finally broken through the glass ceiling and been voted in by the electorate into the state legislature. But guess what? The celebration of culture around your supposed identity is not true atonement. What I'm saying is it can't change who you are. You are an evil human being, just like the rest of us. You need a savior. You need true transformation. You need true metamorphosis, not changing your gender, but changing your heart, coming to Christ, the only one who has the power to change the wicked human heart. But this, again, is really why it's so popular in so many circles because you can kind of reinvent yourself and atone for your crimes of the past. I give you another similar case, the case of Charles Clymer, who worked for Fast Company as a male feminist. He got into deep trouble by making derogatory statements about women until he decided that he was a she. Then he became a celebrated trans woman. You see how it works? What it is is a twisted search for atonement. And that's what it's always been about. Because all that we see in our culture, Christians, you have to understand this, betrays the reality of our true spiritual need. We need a savior. We need internal transformation. Because ultimately we know that sin has no staying power. Sin, even the Bible says, is only good for a season. It's, it's why Moses gave up his authority and privilege in Egypt's palaces to go and associate with slaves working in the muds, making mud pits, making bricks. Because he knew it doesn't last. It doesn't make you happy. The sin of this world has no staying power. Now, I alluded to this earlier, and I would like to give some more content to this. What have we seen over the last, oh, 10 to 15, 20 years, by and large, 60 years, really, if you go back to the sexual revolution of the 1960s? I think, and I'm going to suggest this now because of the recent pushback that we're seeing, this is a birth pain. This is not the end. I have been talking about this, looking at, you know, the COVID nonsense, looking at the love of self, all the things that Paul talks about in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and all the things that we're seeing right now is, yeah, maybe Jesus' coming is right around the corner, but maybe, maybe, maybe this is a birth pain. Now, think about what birth pain is. A birth pain is very much like birth, but it's not. It's a, con it's a contraction. It, it's very much like physically and, you know, emotionally and all that kind of stuff, like birth, but is not birth. And when Jesus talked about the end in Matthew 24, he said that these are the beginning of birth pains, wars, rumors of wars, hatred of fellow man, uh, imprisoning Christians, all those kinds of things. That's birth pains. That's not the end. We are maybe seeing enough pushback that this is now no longer Jesus is about to blow the trumpet, has Michael, Archangel Michael blow the trumpet and come back and get his, his church out of the world before he destroys it. We might be 
given a season of grace. I hope so, because there's many more cultures and there's many more people groups to reach with the gospel. There's many more languages into which the Bible has to be translated. I think there's over a thousand languages into which the Bible needs to be translated. There's many of our neighbors and friends and family members who need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And while we celebrate the pushback of the pride moment, let us not forget, and this is what I'll leave you with, that ultimately our message is not stop being prideful. Our message is repent and believe the good news of the gospel. Jesus Christ gave his life for you, died for you, shed his blood for you so that you could be not you, but could become the person that God wants you to be. That's the show. I'm so glad that you guys were here. Check out the website, timhatchlive.com for the new swag shirts that are available right now and support the channel at cash app, Tim Hatch Live or cash or timhatchlive.com slash support. And if you haven't already hit the like button, it helps the algorithm. It gets this content into more viewers eyes and that helps me with this channel. Hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. And I look forward to seeing you here tomorrow night for the deep dive Bible study as we dive back into second Kings. That's all I got for you tonight. God bless you guys. Thanks for being here, and I'll see you tomorrow.